Well, let's get ready to dive in the Word. Can we just pray and that God will have His way this morning? We're going to talk about walking in confidence, walking in confidence in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, God, we just come to you this morning, and wow, what what a great what a great season we're in right now. God, I agree with Pastor Denny. God, you are doing something amazing. And God, it was prophesied over this church by Lisa Hawkins herself that God, this was going to be the year of flip. Where God, you're going to do some big things this year. And God, you already are. And we're seeing things happen, God. With our very eyes, God, we're seeing people being healed, God. We're seeing marriages restored. God, we're seeing uh, just miracles right before us, God, and you doing great things, God, and, and all of us coming together and, 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 and working together as a body of Christ. And I want to thank you for that. But God, I pray right now for the word that God, I, as I always share, I want to submit to you this morning. And, and God, I'm your vessel. And I stand here humbly before you saying, God, I can't do this on my own. God, you call me to do this. And God, I submit to your calling. And I ask that, Father, the Holy Spirit will just have his way with me, God, and, and speak through me, God, into the body of Christ this morning. The exact word that someone needs to hear. There's someone here that they've been going through a, <coughs> a tough season. God, and maybe this morning, God, that a word's going to be spoken, that it's going to click in them, and God, you're going to set them free right where they're at. I believe that, Father. That's the Holy Spirit working and moving, but have your way in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor David. Wow. Wow. As I've already shared, I, I am super excited to be here. I'm going to, you know, we're going to talk about walking in confidence and, um, a hundred percent of us have had to deal with this in our lives, haven't we? Maybe you didn't feel confident enough to do something, or you didn't feel worthy, or you didn't feel gifted enough to be able to uh, do something, and we're all going to face this, and we're all going to be challenged in the area of confidence in our lives. I mean, I, I got tickled over VBS. I was telling Pastor Denny this, but I, I just loved uh, when Melissa Nocera, she was leading our children in VBS. Man, it was awesome in the presence of the Lord. And, and she had these little kids up here helping her. She had Chantel's daughter up here tearing it up. And she had uh, Ashley Weddington's daughter up here, and she was just burning it up. And, I, and Ashley was sitting back there. I'll never forget it. And I looked at Ashley and as a, as a kind of like a proud pastor for her daughter, I said, I'm so proud of your daughter. She's tearing it up, man. She's doing a great job this week in worship. Y'all remember that? Wasn't that powerful? But I looked at Ashley and I said, Ashley, I see you up there next year helping. And she looked at me. She said, as long as I'm living, I will never, Pastor Gary, never go up there and do that. I don't have that in me. And really, whether if it was her thing or not, might not be her thing. But deep down inside, she, she was struggling with confidence in that area. She, she didn't feel worthy. She didn't feel like she was good enough to do that. And I think we've all faced that in our life, haven't we? 
And, and we're going to go to the book of Hebrews here. And as I was studying it this week, read it for yourself. I encourage you to read it. Hebrews chapter 10. It's an incredible book where Paul challenges us in this area, okay, in, in, in confidence, because we've all struggled with this. I know, I know Dave McIntosh, you, you've struggled probably with this in the military, watching these soldiers, you know, trying to, and they probably didn't have enough confidence, and you probably dealt with that with them as well. And so, uh, but we all deal with this. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36, listen to this incredible man of God talk about confidence now. Now watch this. Verse 35, let's start here. He says, so do not, I love that, do not throw away this confident, okay? Don't throw this confident away. Uh, or in other words, or this, another version says, your, make it a personal, your confident uh, away. Trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then, what's going to happen? Then you will receive all that he has promised. Isn't that good? And he's challenging the church here. And so in other words, do you know what he's saying is, is he's saying that you and I, we can control confidence. You can either hang on to it or you can throw it away. It, the choice is yours. But he said, if you hang on to it, then, then, then you will grow. It will, it will help you in your life. But you have to hold on to it. And if the enemy is ever going to take you out of the game or out of the race, it's going to be in the area of confidence. He will knock you out in that area. And as I think about it, I was thinking about professional basketball teams and football teams and baseball teams. Now, at the professional level, pretty much at that level, skill goes out the window. Talent goes out the window because they have all the talent, all the skill that they need at that level. At that level, what they need more than anything is confidence. And it's always the team that goes on the court that has the higher confident level is going to win that game. Amen. Am I lying? That's why they have seven games that they play in the in, in, NBA. What is it called? NBA? The, the, the basketball. They'll have seven games. Am I right? Is it seven or nine? Is it seven? It's seven games on the championship and they play. One night, this team wins. The next night, the other team wins. You see what I'm saying? But you watch both of those teams, and they're just as equally talented. They're just as equally gifted. But one thing that's different, it's the team that's going on that court for that night that has the highest confident level is going to win that game. Now, I put this in my thoughts this week. A man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. You ever heard that before? If you don't stand for anything, and if you are not walking at that level of confidence, you are not going to perform at that level. You will start falling in that area. I knew a young man, a teenager, when I was youth pastoring. He was the sharpest young man I've ever met in my life. I mean, talking about in his, in his mind, he, he, was, he made straight A's, a 4.0 student. He went to academic bowls, and he won every academic bowl. He had medals and trophies. The smartest young man I've ever met. He, got, he had scholarships all across the nation to go to any college that he wanted, so he went to IU. And he only lasted about six, maybe, maybe three months to six months, and he quit. And I, I thought, wondered why. Well, here's the reason why. 
The problem of it was, is I knew this young man, his dad beat him down constantly. Said, you're never going to mount anything. You're not as smart as what you think. You're just lucky when you take those tests. And it's just all luck. You're really not that smart. You're never going to mount anything. You're never going to accomplish anything great. And that young man today is really, doesn't, I mean, he's probably never succeeded in anything. Never, ever used that. Why? Because he, 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 he threw away his confidence. This exact same thing that Paul was talking about. If we're going to run a race, we got to stay in the race. Let's go to this scripture here in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, that Paul says this, because we're going to walk down the entire book, or most of it, of chapter 10 here and 12, but, but I'm going to pick it apart. But he says, let us run with endurance. Run, don't, don't back off the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So again, if we're going to win in this race, we've got to stay in the race. How many times have you started something and you just got out because it was just, oh, it's not worth it. You'll never know it, 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 what, what the outcome would have been if you just got out of the race. It's like me starting the church. And years ago when we started this church, you think it was easy? Do you think it was just a, a lay down that everything happened? Man, I was faced with all kinds of obstacles. I was faced with, with rejection. I had three pastors in this community call me personally and say, we do not want you here. Now, I had every right to quit. I had every right to give up. I had every right to just, to just throw away my confidence at that moment and say, you know what? You're probably right. I just ought to move to another town and do it there because you want to know the truth. I really didn't want to come here in the first place. That's called being obedient to God, doing what God called me to do. I wanted to go to Greenwood. Why? Because everybody knew me there. It would have been easy. But here I have to trust God. But I'm so thankful I did, and I'm so happy and pleased that I, that I heard God's voice, and I didn't listen to their voices, and I stayed in the race. And now here we are, 13 years later, and we're getting ready to buy another building, and we're debt-free. God has blessed this church, but if you're going to win it, you got to stay in it. you got to stay in the race. And so here's the question we're going to try to answer this morning that Paul can help us with. And this is the question that just stirred in my spirit that God gave me. And this is it right here. What's it going to take to not throw away our confidence as it relates to and stay in the race? What's it going to take? And if you read this, he gives us five key simple principles, what it's going to take for us to stay in this race, for us to continue to build our confidence and walk in the confidence that God wants us all to walk in. Because there are some of you this morning, and I know you, there are some of you this morning, you are incredibly gifted, incredibly talented, but for whatever reason, you're just holding back. And maybe because of your confident level. And I love, Gail and, and, and Carl, what you've done on our Wednesday nights, because what that has done, it is showing people, it's showing us as a church how talented and how gifted we have people speaking in this church. And whenever we do VBSs, people stepping up, using their talents, like, like Melissa. Who would have ever knew? I would have never dreamed that she could do that. 
amazing. I, I was blown away. But what's happening is, is we're giving people an opportunity. But here's what happens a lot of times. You know, I might run into that like I did with um, Ashley Weddington. No way. I'm not doing that. But I hear that, hear that comment more than I hear, I'll do it. Why? Because they don't feel confident enough. They don't feel worthy to be able to do it. And the enemy's going to try to take you out of the game. And there are some of you, you know what I'm talking, you know who I'm talking to you right now. You need to be stepping it up because God has called you to do something amazing in the body of Christ. And you'll never know if you don't stay in the game, if you don't stay in the race. And so let me show you these five keys this morning. If you want to write these down, I got five points. I found five of them through this in, 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 in chapter 10 here. And so if we're going to walk in confidence, the first thing that Paul tells us is, and I put it in my own words, is stop carrying the baggage of your past. Stop it. There are some of you, it's hard. You, you, you keep thinking about your past. Your past is important because it really has. It's brought you to where you are today. But it's not as nearly as important as the way you see your future because that's going to determine your destiny, not your past. But some of us were hanging on to that past of maybe our failures. Here's the thing. You need to, give your, you need to get forgiven of it and let it go. Be forgiven. Let me, let me show you here what he says here in Hebrews 10 verses 2 and 4. Paul says it this way. Now, and by the way, this is the Old Testament, and he's telling the people this was their problem in the Old Covenant. Thank God we don't live in the Old Covenant anymore because they had to sacrifice millions and millions of animals to be forgiven of their sin. That blood of the animal, and by the way, that blood of that animal could never, ever forgive their sins. You just need to understand that. It never forgave their sin. That's why they constantly had to keep living in guilt. And every time they would be reminded of all those sacrifices, it just reminded them of all their sins. And this is what Paul is telling them here. Watch, watch how he says it. If they, that these, are the, these are the children of Israel in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But did it happen? No. Watch what he says. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year after year after year. And the children of Israel would hang on to their baggage in their past that they failed, that they're no good. Thanks, be to God. We are new covenant people. We have a savior and his name is Jesus and his blood covered it all once and for all. And if he forgives us, he forgives us. Let me take you to this scripture here that he forgives us. But uh, in Hebrews 12, 12 verses one, let us lay aside every weight, every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. We have to let it go. Be forgiven of it. And here, here's what I want you to understand. Put this thought up here. If you let your conscience accuse you of being bad, of your past, constantly reminding you how awful you are, your confidence is going to fly out the window. Am I lying? It's going to just fly out the window. I've been there. I have been there many times. I remember growing up uh, when I was a boy. I knew God was calling me in ministry. I knew it. I was 16 years old, 17 years old. I knew how to call in my life, but I was scared to death. I was scared to speak. I never spoke in front of anybody before. I wasn't a public speaker. And number two, I hate it to read. Hate it to read. I'm a math guy. God, and you heard me tell this story before, but 
I hate it to read. I mean, literature and English was my worst subjects ever. I think it's that way for God. Now, I'm not a bad reader, but I hate it to read. I never once in my entire history of high school read a book from cover to cover. <laughs> Wouldn't do it. Because it, it, I, I, not that I couldn't, I just bored me. I hate it to read. It wasn't that I couldn't, I just hate it to read. You give me numbers, man. I love numbers. Oh, I, I, you, I, I don't understand it. My son's the same way. You give us numbers and we're like machines, man. Yeah, two plus two is, is like 25. No. <laughs> but no, that was what God, but God has a sense of humor. He called me right what I hated to do. I didn't want to do it. I, I did not have the confidence level, but here's the thing. You don't have to, because when God calls you, he will equip you, church. But you'll never know unless you try. Now, 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 now let me ask you this question. How is your confidence? Think about it. How is your confidence? Do you lay in bed at night thinking about that you're not talented enough and you're worried about your path? You're always hanging on to that? Let me give you a scripture here in 1 John chapter 1 and 9, and this is so powerful. Because if in order for you to let go of the baggage, you got to receive your forgiveness. you got to receive that, that you're forgiven. Quit holding on to it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And what? And to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. All of it. According to the scripture, he forgives us. And if he forgives us, he forgives us. And Paul was saying, don't go back the way the children of Israel. Don't go back to the old way. Don't hang on to your garbage. Don't hang on to that. <coughs> Excuse me, you have been forgiven. If he forgives you, he forgives you. <coughs> Excuse me. I remember one time I was driving down a state road and I was going to either a funeral or a wedding. I had a suit on. That's all I remember because I about died this day, Okay. And it's a miracle that I'm standing here because I, and it was when I was pastoring this church and I, and woman's not in here. She doesn't know this. I still did that. I kept it a secret. So when she'll hear probably next service, but I'll come clean. Um, <laughs> but I was driving to a wedding or a funeral. I couldn't remember. I was in a suit. That's all I remember. And I was a pastor in this church. And as I was driving, I got hungry and I was in a hurry. I didn't have time to go in a restaurant and eat. So I just was, went to a drive-thru. And the only thing I could find was a Taco Bell, okay? Probably wasn't a wise move. Had a suit on, Taco Bell. Nah, driving down the road, not very good. But I did it. I went through the drive-thru and I got me like a, 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 a burrito supreme wrap. Oh, on the burrito supremes, you know? I, I could do that. And so I got that burrito supreme, got my drink, set it there, and I had one hand on the steering wheel. Now, my wife, if she was with me, she always leaves the wrapper underneath of it. I, guys, I hate that wrapper because I'm driving down the road, and I take a bite, and I get, I get a mouthful of paper wrapper. I hate that. So I figure I'm going to take my chance. I'm taking the wrapper off this sucker, and I threw it in the bag, and I was holding this burrito. It was tight as a tick, man. I mean, it was tight. I mean, that sucker, they wrapped that thing, and it was ready to explode. And I thought, I need to relieve this. I'm going to take a bite of it. And as I bit into that burrito supreme, it exploded out the bottom end, <laughs> all on my pants. And now, being the man that I am, I'm not pulling over, baby. I'm going to try to wipe her up right there. And I reached over and grabbed some napkins, and I had some water there, and I poured it on it. And I'm driving down the road. And by the way, I'm on a two-lane highway, like Highway 56, okay? I'm on this two-lane highway. And I, and I just for a moment, I'm like wiping this stuff up. And I look up, and I realize I had swerved over into the oncoming traffic. And there was a bulldozer, or a, a, a dump truck coming right at me 
full of whatever, honking the horn, scared me to death, and I swerved back over. My heart's racing. And then I pulled over, and I'm sitting there, thank you, God, thank you, God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, God, please forgive me. He forgave me, so I don't have to tell anybody about it. So I'm telling you this morning. But anyway... <laughs> I never told my wife, because if he forgave me, it's done. It's over with. But anyway, I'm sitting there, you God, my heart was racing. And while I was sitting there, God started speaking to me. And he goes, son, he said, you need to keep your eyes looking out that window. You don't need to be worried about the burrito on your britches, son. You don't need to be looking out to the right. You don't need to be looking down. And you definitely don't need to be looking in that mirror what's behind you. you got to keep your eyes looking ahead. And that's what Paul was telling us here, that you can't keep holding on to your baggage. You have to be forgiven. Keep your eyes moving forward. Amen. Quit worrying about the bag, the baggage in your past. If you do, if you keep your eyes forward, your confidence will stay high. So number one, stop carrying a baggage. Confess it. Get it under the blood. You're forgiven. You don't have to go back to it. Number two, if we're going to walk in confidence, use your right to enter into the presence of God. Now, I love this. Now, watch how Paul puts this here. I love this. And by the way, what is your right? You and I, we have rights. If you're a child of God, you have a right. And we get our right by the blood of Jesus. Let me show it to you. Hebrews 10, verses 19, Paul puts it this way. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Why? Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. You know what? You're a child of God. Guess who your daddy is? Your daddy is Abba Father. Your daddy is Jehovah God. And guess what? You belong belong to that family now. You belong to the family of Christ. And guess what? You have family rights. We have family rights. You know what family rights are? Family rights is when my son and my daughter-in-law comes to our house, okay? When they come to our house, they have family rights. They don't have to ask me if they can go to the refrigerator. They could get whatever they want. They could pick whichever bedroom they want to sleep in. I don't care. Just make sure you tell mom first so she can have the sheets ready for it. But anyway, you know, they, they have family rights. Sherry, our, our daughter and our son-in-law, they have family rights. Our grandchildren have family rights. And trust me, they use that. They have family rights. They get what they want when they want. Here's my point. You have family rights. Use it in Jesus' name. Go to the throne of God and ask him what you want. Every time that you pray, do you really believe that God's going to answer your prayer? You need to believe it because you have family rights. What is confidence? Confidence that you have the right to enter into God's presence anytime that you want. Anytime that you want. I love this scripture. Do you really believe it if you pray? You should. 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15 tells us this way. Now, this is the confidence that I have, that we have in him, that if we ask anything, because you're a part of the family, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And I don't think God wants anybody to be sick. I don't think God wants anybody to be in poverty. I'm not talking about being a millionaire. I'm talking about God wants to bless you. God wants to bless your health. God wants to bless your finance. He wants to bless you. He wants you to live under his blessings. Now, I'm not talking about extreme. I'm talking he wants to bless you. 
He wants to get you out of debt. He doesn't want you to be in debt because he knows that if you're out of debt, you could be a blessing to others. But he's not going to get you out of debt if you don't be a blessing to others. He's going to only give it to those who's going to be faithful with that. But, but when you, do you really have the confidence? Because we have a Savior. The blood of Jesus has already paid for it. You have family rights. You have family rights. You know, I'm confident when I pray, I'm going to leave it at the feet of Jesus. And I'm not going to pick it up again. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to worry about it. Now, we've been praying We've been praying for people that's sick. We've got prayer cards up here and, and, and the prayer cloths. We're praying, anointing it. We're just praying in Jesus' name because they did it in, in New Testament. I figure we'll do it too. So, so we're going to pray over stuff. We're going to pray and believe people for healing. We've been praying like crazy right now. And we're hearing how God's beginning to heal people. I'm not going to pray and waste my time and do this if I'm not really going to believe it. When you come and I'm praying, I'm going to believe it. I, I, I'm going to believe that God's going to answer the prayer because I believe it's in his will that God wants to bless you. And you know, last Sunday, um, there's a young man, uh, Donna Collins came, and, and, and we, she has a nephew by the name Bernie. Am I correct? Bernie, right? Donna Cheatham. Donna, I'm sorry. Donna Cheatham came and asked Betty and I to pray for her about Bernie. Bernie has cancer in the back, in his spine. And because of that, he can't set up. He can't really stand. He has to lay down. But they needed to get him to a specialist, and the specialist was in Texas. But he had to be there last Friday, and it was Sunday, and he had a week to get there. Couldn't fly on an airplane, couldn't drive in a car. He had to lay down. So, so he had to have, number one, a family willing to drive him down there in a, in a vehicle where he could lay down and meet that deadline. Now, Betty and I was looking at each other kind of like, Mm, this could be a tough one. God's got to move some mountains, but I didn't care. I said, my God can move mountains. Let's pray. We begin to pray and pray and pray right there. I felt God begin to move, and it was three hours later that afternoon, he, she texts us back and said, hey, a family member of our church or a family member of our family is going to drive him down there in a, in, a, in a motor home and get him to that doctor, and they did, okay? God answered that prayer. He answered the prayer. But now here's another one, though. But Bernie's, when he got there, it, it wasn't good. So now we're going to pray God heals. It's time that we pray for the healing. We, we were praying for him to get there. We forgot about praying for the healing. No wonder he, I'm going to pray now for the healing. So we got to get on the ball, Betty. We got to, all of us, start praying for Bernie that he begins to be healed. God answered the prayer. Why? Why? Because we have the right to go to our Father anytime we want. So number one, stop carrying around the baggage of your past. Get forgiven of it. Let it go. Number two, if we're going to walk in confidence, understand that we have a right to enter into the presence of God anytime we want. You've been given that right because of the blood of Jesus. And the third way that we can walk in confidence, Paul tells us, is this right here. Hold tight to your hope without wavering. <laughs> Whatever you're confessing, okay, that's what hope is, okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. By the way, you don't need faith if you don't have hope. Why do you need faith? You got to have something you're hoping in, whatever you're hoping in, okay? And so what he's saying is, is don't waver whatever you're hoping. Maybe you're hoping for your marriage. Maybe you're hoping to, for, for financial, or maybe you're hoping for a healing or whatever that you're hoping for. Don't waver in that, but you confess it. You start confessing, I'm healed in Jesus' name. They're healed in Jesus' name. God will make a way in Jesus' name. Watch how Paul puts it here. He says in Hebrews 10 verses 23, let us hold fast 
the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. If he promises us, then we need to be faithful in the trust that God's going to do what he promises us. And sometimes that we think confession is a bad, ugly word because when we confess, we confess our sins. Or we confess, I confess I got to lose weight. I confess I got to quit drinking. I confess I got to quit smoking. I confess I got to, you know, blah, blah, blah. I confess, I confess, I confess. But, but in this, this context, it's a good thing. You need to start confessing and believing what you're trusting God for. We can confess it. Confessing what is what you're, ho- what you're hoping for is going to build your confidence in your life, in the area of your life. It will build that up. In Proverbs 18, verses 21 tells us, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat its fruit thereof. Amen. And so we confess either life over our life, or we can either confess death. I, I can't stand around to get around people negative all the time. I don't want to be around people if they're going to complain and carry on. And Hello. I, well, okay, right now I can find all kinds of horrible things. Oh, there's a lint on the floor. Oh, right here, a piece of lint. How about that? Oh, my gosh. This has got dust on it right now. Oh, there's some smudges on this right now. Oh, the, this over here, this, this is a little messy. Or I could say, thank you, God. Look what he blessed the church with. We, we got a key. Hallelujah, God blessed me with a beautiful podium that I can preach from. Hallelujah, we got a floor that we can get dirt and lint on that it could be used for the glory of God. Hallelujah, let's put a little bit more on it in Jesus' name. It's all how you look at it. <laughs> Confidence will grow, but hold tight. Amen. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. You can either speak life over to your situation. Speak life over yourself. Whatever that you're believing God for by faith, you speak life over right now in Jesus' name. You think when we start church, well, I don't know if it's going to grow or not. No, God, you said it, and God, I'm going to believe it. God, I'm confessing that, God, you're, you will, God, provide the building. God, I, and Jesus, God, you will provide the product. One day we will have an auditorium built one day. I don't know when, I don't know how, and I don't know really where on the property, but you know what? If God said it, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to confess it in Jesus' name. We own it all right now in the corner, amen. Now we're getting ready to own it all. We'll have it in Jesus' name. But I'm not going to go, well, I don't know if we can get that building or not. That's an awful lot of money. I don't know. You know, sometimes, you know, in our leadership, we got to be careful because we can get focused on the negative. But no, we work the problem. We work the challenge. We find exactly, we find a solution to it. We stop dwelling on the negative. I, man, I've been, in, I've been in hospital rooms, man. I'm like, everybody's all, all there, and the guy's in the bed hearing it. And they're going, well, what color flowers do you think we ought to get for his funeral? <laughs> you la- I, I heard it. And I said, I need you, you, you to leave the room right now. If you don't have faith to believe for this man's healing or this woman of God's healing, I need you to leave right now. I don't care if you are family members. They belong to the family I belong to, and his, they have the same father I have. It's called Abba Father. He's Jehovah Jireh, and, and we have family rights. And right now, you don't have the right to be in the room in Jesus' name. <laughs> you got to speak life. Speak life. Speak life. And you know what? You can even speak life over yourself. David did. David was attacked. They wanted to kill him. You can encourage yourself. I'm telling you, I had to encourage myself constantly when we started a church because I couldn't find anybody else. 
I could find a ton of people to discourage me. That's, that's not hard to do. But you could, you got to sometimes encourage yourself. Watch what he says here um, in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 30, verses 6. He had to encourage himself. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You can do it. You could speak life over yourself. I shall live and I shall not die. My God in me is greater than the, than the gods that's in this world. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Blessed be God. God, if you are for me, who can be against me in Jesus' name? Amen. You know what? The enemy's not going to quit. And so you better not quit. I got to keep it going. I got to keep pouring it on. I got to keep it happening. Don't you stop. Keep confessing. I love what it says here in Hebrews 10 verses 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. We just read that. I want to get it in our spirit. Hebrews 13, verses 6. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Hold on to your hope. Keep speaking it. In confidence, confidence will begin to grow in you if you speak life over you rather than death. So number one, stop carrying the baggage of your past. Get forgiven of it. Let it go. Number two, use your right to enter into the presence of God anytime you want. You have the right to go open up that spiritual refrigerator and reach in and grab what you need in Jesus' name. Take all that you want. Because you know what? He's the God that will keep supplying it. He'll keep restoring it in there. He'll keep putting more in there for you. And the third one is hold tight to your hope. What is it you're hoping for? Without wavering. Don't let the world get you wavering on this thing. But you hold tight and you keep confessing it in Jesus' name. And here's the fourth one. And this is a good one. And he tells us if you want to walk in confidence, hold on to good relationships. I should have put godly relationships. Hold on to people that's going to encourage you, build you up. God has created people specifically for you, and some of you don't even know it yet. You, but you'll never find them as long as you keep hanging out with the duds. You got you to disconnect from the discouragers so God can reconnect you to the encouragers. Because you are who you hang around. If you're all bummed out all the time, maybe you ought to check out who you're hanging out with. Change your friends up, you know, because trust me, you will become just like your friends. So if you're caught, well, you're probably your friends that you're hanging out doing the same thing. Let me show you what Paul says here in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Let us, and I love this, let us think, think of ways to motivate one another. We need to be intentional about it. That's what we do around here. We think of ways that we can encourage one another. That's why we got senior adults meeting, man. That's why we got men's breakfast that happened yesterday morning. Men are coming together and watch what's going to happen. You're going to grow to acts of love. Motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. That's why we're here this morning. And by the way, meeting together is not once a month. That hurts your feelings. I didn't really make this up. I'm just reading it. <laughs> you can't grow if you're not together, but encourage one another, especially now that the days of his return, what, is drawing near. So he's saying, don't neglect meeting together because good friends will build you up and encourage you. That's what they do. When I come to the seniors' dinners, Oh my gosh, if you leave discouraged, there's something seriously wrong with you. That's the most, that's the funnest group in the church. I'm just sorry to tell you, everybody, men, they got us beat. 
Ladies, they got the senior adults, they got it going on in this church. And I know our young adults got it going on too, but I'm tell, I don't think you've met the senior adults yet. They know how to laugh. They know how to encourage one another. I got to watch them. They're trying to get a little dating one another. I know, I'm just kidding. There's someone here that's got a, never mind, keeps getting asked out. I'll leave that alone. And uh, she said, Pastor, leave that alone. No. <laughs> Stop. But they encur- that's encouraging one another. Amen. And by the way, going to church just once a month, it's not, a, you got to, look, you got to hang out. Your, let me put this up. Your Christian friends cannot build you up if you're not spending time with them. That's why God created the house of God. That's why he created this stuff. And, and it's just not to come hear me preach. He's created us to come together as a body of Christ, to do life together. That's why we intentionally motivate one another. Uh, if you want to have fun, just get on the hospitality team with Judy back there. Oh, man, she's like a kid in a candy store. We're getting ready to buy her all this new equipment in there. I love what Denny said. Someone in the meeting said, well, maybe we want to hold off and see how this new building is going to go because we've got a kitchen there too. We'll just kind of hold off until we find out. Denny goes, what Judy wants right now, Judy's going to get. <laughs> I'm telling I'm like, yeah, go. You know what? Who really cares? We'll build a whole big old kitchen over there, too. We'll have two of them. We're not going to stop what, what vision that we have. Look, we're gonna, that thing's going to be amazing, too. We're going to have like a center in there. It's going to be like a banquet hall. We're going to have fun. We'll have a kitchen in there. We'll have two, two of them. You guys be running back and forth having a ball. But they'll encourage you when you work in that kitchen. I've never seen some. They're feeding. Some people call me up. They say, you're people. Those ladies, they, I can't believe it. I think it was you, Brittany, was talking to you this week. I can't believe it. They fed our kids and us before the BBS, and they're all in there. It's like it's, it's a cakewalk to them. And then they turn around and feed all the kids, and they're in there laughing, having a good time. <laughs> That's, you know why? Because they're encouraging. They're doing what God created us to do, doing life together, doing it together. Um, we got to, again, let's think of ways to motivate one another. Did I put that up there again I, just for fun? We got to think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's what we do. We intentionally do that. You know, I was thinking about this too. We have geese at our house everywhere. We got little legs. We don't, Lou, they're they over your place too. I mean, they're just everywhere. But, you know, they're, they're, you know, we have fun with them. But have you ever watched them fly in the sky? And they're like hooping and hollering up there, and they make a V. And I ever thought about, you ever wonder why sometimes the V, one V's a little longer, one leg than the other one's a little longer? You ever want to know why that is? You want to know why? There's more geese in that line than this one. So, I truly thought there was something behind that, so I Googled it. And Google don't lie. I thought, I, why is there a bigger line? Because there's just more geese in it than the other one. Okay. But here's what I did know. <laughs> Now you know what I go through studying a message. I really thought there was something profound with that, and there wasn't. There's just more geese in that one. But here's what happened. But you hear them honking, don't you? I don't know what that is. They're just honking. Ah, ah, ah. And you know what they're doing? 
They're actually, they're, they're, they're honking the other, the one in the, the, in the lead. They're saying, come on, get on the ball. Keep going. You're slowing down here. And they honk. And if that one starts slowing down, he backs away. And the other one takes off in the front. And then he start honking at him. You know what we need to do with the body of Christ? We need to start honking at one another and saying, you need to get on the ball in Jesus' name. Come on, you're slowing down. Come on, let's do something for the kingdom of God. I never, you never thought I'd get that excited about geese, did you? Bottom line is this. Here, let me put it. Come on, we got to land this thing. We're stronger together than we are alone. Please get that. The whole entire Bible was built on loving God and loving one another. We got to do life together. I think a few months ago, I told you this story as well. One Belgian horse, when it's born, it can pull 8,000 pounds, right? Now, let me show you something. This is called synergy. So in other words, when you put two of them together, you think you just double the math. Well, 16 is six, or, or eight, and, and you just double it, 16,000 pounds, right? No. It's like 26,000 pounds they can pull. Two of them together. Now think about this. It's, 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 it's called synergy. It doesn't make sense, but it works this way. But when they're born together, okay, as brother and sister, whatever, brothers, whatever, and they grow up together pulling and staying together, by the end of their life, the record is they can pull up to 52,000 pounds. I'm telling you, you could do life better together. I, there's another scripture in the Bible that says one can put what? A thousand to flight, but two could put 10,000 to flight. Come on. Come on, somebody. And so, some of us together, you're trying to do life alone. No, God has created people for you. If you're going to be able to walk in confidence, you got to have those people in your life. And you'll never have those people in your life if you keep isolating. No, don't do that. Go hang out with Christian brothers and sisters. We're stronger together than we are alone. So number one, if we're going to be able to walk in this confidence, stop carrying your baggage. Get forgiven of it. Put it in your past. Keep looking ahead. And don't worry about the burrito on your britches, okay? Number two, number two, use your right. You, you have family rights to go to God anytime and ask anything you want according to his will. If it's according to his will and you're asking, God will answer that prayer. And number three, hold tight to your hope without wavering, without wavering, and, and keep confessing what it is you're believing God for in Jesus' name. And number four, hold on to your good relationships. Hold on to those godly relationships, okay, and honk on one another. So start honking each other in Jesus' name and spurring them on. And here's the last and final one. And I, found, I thought, well, what about God? Well, it was there. He, he had it right there. I'm going to show it to you. He says, hold on to your holy covenant with Jesus. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. If anyone's going to miss it, it's right here. This is why people fail. Because they think they can do life without him. Again, the entire Bible was built on loving God and loving others. When we have fellowship and love one another, it's going to help you grow. And, and I guarantee you, when you love God and hold on to your covenant with God, it definitely will help your growth in your confidence. But you have to hold on to God. Amen. You cannot do life alone. Now listen to what he says because some of these people, they thought they could do life alone. And when you try to do it without God, you're actually just, just mocking God. And this is what David, or Paul says. Hebrews 10 verses 29. Paul says it this way. Just think of how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which which made us holy as if we were common and unholy and have insulted 
and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. In other words, you think you could do life alone, but you can't. You think you could do it without God. When, 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 you see, when you try to build your marriage without God, it's, you're going to have a mess. You try to build your family without God, you're going to have a mess. You even try to build your business without God, you'll have a mess. Look, we have a world trying to build their lives without God. We have a mess. And people aren't satisfied. And they're going to keep pushing the buttons. They're going to try this. They're going to try this. They're going to try this. They're going to keep trying this. They're going to try this. None of that's making them satisfied. You know why? Because they keep trying it. They keep pushing it. They keep pushing it and pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. But they'll never be satisfied. You can't do life without God. You can't do it. Let me show you in what Philippians says. Philippians 4.13, I can do, I can only do, I, I can only do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You can't do it by yourself. Get a hold of that right now. And some of you, it's like a light's going off. You know, I have been doing it by myself. I'm not trusting God like I should. I am hanging on to that past like I shouldn't. And I'm not taking advantage of my family rights like, like Paul saying I can. Listen, I want to, you know what my job is this morning? To encourage you to put confidence back in you. That's my job as your pastor. I'm not, okay, okay well, I think maybe only two of you is going to get it today. The rest of you, you're on your own. We'll come back next week. Maybe we can fix you, okay? But only three of you, and I think it's going to be you, you, and you know what I'm saying? Come on. No. All of you. All of us can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. <laughs> and, but, and don't be overconfident in yourself thinking that you don't need God. That's a problem. We do need God. We have to humble ourselves. And my prayer, I'm hoping that just you hear me pray, is teaching you. I can't do what I do by myself. I have to completely surrender my life to him. I am his, I'm his vessel this morning. When, when, when it's over with today, at the, after the second service, I usually go back there and sit right in that chair that, uh, that uh, Ed's sitting in right there. And I, I'm coming down. I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm like, Lord, what did you just do? You drained my body with every ounce of energy that I have. Why? Because I submit to him because I can only do all things through him which strengtheneth me. And if you're discouraged this morning and you're down and you're not walking in that confidence, guess what? I got some good news. You can get that back. How? Stop caring and hanging on to your past. Number two, use your right to go into the presence of God this morning and don't you hold back. Number three, hold tight. Hold tight to your hope without wavering and you continue to confess it and believe that God, if God said it, I can have it. And number four, hold on to those good relationships. And some of you may need to get rid of the bad ones and allow God to bring in the good ones. And most importantly, hold on to the covenant with Jesus Christ that you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. Listen to me. There's some of you, you may be in that place and you're tired and you're exhausted right now and all your confidence is flew out the window. God says, come to me right now. Come to me 
everyone who's weary and are heavy laden. He said, I'm going to give you rest. Quit trying to do it on your own. Come on. You have family rights this morning to come to my table. You have family rights to open up my spiritual refrigerator. You have family rights to come to my home anytime that you feel alone and you need a place to stay. That's the way our God is, anytime that you need to. And if you're here this morning, I'm going to pray. And they're going to start to sing. And as I pray, if you're here and you want me to pray for you, I need you to believe with me. Because I'm not going to pray for you and just just go through motion. I'm going to truly believe that God's going to meet the need that you have this morning. Okay? Are you ready for me to pray for you? I need some other people to pray this morning. We'll pray together as a family because that's what he wants us to do. One hurts, we all hurt. Let us carry it with you. Quit carrying it by yourself. You have a body of Christ here this morning that wants to not condemn you, but, but, but to lovingly put our arms around you, embrace you, say, we're together in this thing with you. We'll get you through this together. Come on. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. Let me pray for you as your pastor. Let me lay my hands on you as your pastor and believe with you and for you. Will you do that? I want you to bow your heads, and then we're going to stand. And as they play and they sing, come on, I want the whole worship team up here. And I want us to begin to sing. I want you to, st- st- you're not going to be alone this morning. I want you to step out of your seat and come and let us pray for you. Father God, I, w- I want to thank you for your word this morning. I want to thank you, God, for your power. I want to thank you that, God, that you have given us the ability to walk in pure confidence this morning, God. And God, there are some that have threw their confidence away. God, they feel like that they're not worthy. They feel like that they're not good enough. But God, this morning, they are good enough because your blood has covered them. They belong to a family now. And God, they have family rights. And those family rights are the same rights that I have. We all have the same rights. And I pray this morning that we take advantage of our family rights this morning. And God, we come into your home And God, we open up your spiritual refrigerator. And God, we get exactly out of that refrigerator what we need.